Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. I'm excited to be here today to speak, as you saw, just that little quick clip um, on James. The book of James. The book of James. And uh, so if you have your Bible app or your Bibles, we're going to be in James. We're going to kind of look at this a little bit. I, I love to give messages that resonate, meaning knock on my head, you know, a little bit. And as you know, I, I've been saying this a lot. My jam is a lot of repetition, so bear with me today if you hear some of the same things over and over again, because that's how we learn. At least that's how I learn, so hopefully um, you'll see the same. But James is a book you can read this week. You, you're going to be able to do It's a how-to book. It's a how-to book in five chapters on practical Christian living. So fitting for us right now, isn't it? And, and so um, as we look at that, we're going to anchor to uh, chapter 1, 19 through 27 in just a moment. Um, but I want to do a little flyover. I want to do a little, I want to soar over some things here today, a brief overview so we can, when we land, we can really apply what we're hearing. And so it made me think of, I know we have a lot of Disneyland fans here, huh? Soaring over California, huh? Uh, here we go. And so I'm going to soar over James a little bit with you in this moment. Um, sorry if your kid is in the church. They're getting all excited looking at this. But uh, some topics that James covers, trials, temptations, being a good listener, anger, worldliness, favoritism, prejudice, poor, the poor, taming the tongue, intimacy, with God, judging others, patience, suffering, accountability, and much more. Um, James was the first New, Test New Testament book written. So a couple things as you kind of find your place there. I'm just going to go fly over real quick. Half-brother of Jesus, a leader in the Jerusalem church, and he appeared. It's interesting, in 1 Corinthians 15, he appeared, uh, Jesus appeared to James after his resurrection, and some scholars believe that is when James officially believed and placed his faith in Jesus, seeing, knowing that. Um, his audience was first century Christians who were scattered um, in Gentile communities outside of Palestine. It was not safe to be a Christian at the time, so to understand that context. And they were afraid for their life. And the Orthodox Jews were still holding on to Old Testament law and the sacrifices, while Christians started to believe that the perfect lamb came to fulfill that. And so the perfect lamb came to bring grace and to bring freedom. And so James was speaking to followers of Jesus, exposing hypocritical practices. So he was speaking to an audience, it'd be like ourselves here, who choose to be followers of Christ. He was speaking directly to us to encourage to equip, to really, as you'll see today, to help us persevere, 
during difficult times, during trials, during things that come our way, which you'll see in a moment. Temptations. Anybody ever have a temptation? Uh, anyways, uh, how many had a temptation this morning before you came? Don't, don't raise your hand. But really, ultimately, helping Christians be doers of the word. Not just hearers, but doers. To put our faith into action. So faith plus action. And so, and, and just to tell you, James was eventually stoned to death for his faith. So, got your Bibles. Chapter 1. Chapter 1 is going to answer questions related to our spiritual health. And I've been using this a lot with people in my own life. Um, but a little assessment today, and I encourage you throughout this whole message, give yourself a little assessment, a 1 to 5. Things that I say, and you'll see your notes. You can jot notes, key takeaways. I encourage you today, let, look at the fingers pointed back at you, okay? Don't nudge, no nudges, no, okay? Just really focus today on that. Um, and one to five, five being I am spiritually feeling really good in this moment. I feel like I've been in the word, da, 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 would be the highest. One would be the lowest. So just kind of as I hit on things today, kind of take a mental assessment of because the first 12 verses uh, of chapter 1 answers the question, how do I respond to the trials in my life? That's what the first part answers. Um, the struggles, the pain, the inconveniences that we have. The th verses 13 to 18 in chapter 1 answers the question, how do I respond to temptations that come our way that we all have? And then... Verses 19 to 27 answers the question, how do I respond to God's word, his truth? How do I really, what do I do with that? And so here's my tagline today. Read it, understand it, believe it, listen and do it. Let me say it again. Read it, understand it, believe it, listen and do it. I heard some join me. Let's do it together. Read it, understand it, believe it, listen and do it. You can all go home now. <laughs> James 1, just real quick, verses 2 through 4, I just want to hit on a couple things with this chapter before we land on some application. But the trials in our life are not a waste is what really this is saying. I'm just going to, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we can take that each test and trial of our faith results in perseverance, which if we let it finish its work, it says in, in the word here, it enables us to become spiritually mature and complete, which is an ongoing process until we get to heaven, okay? <laughs> And I always like, I've been using this a lot, you take the word persevere, the word severe is in persevere. So sometimes we've got to go through some severe trials and temptations to find that pure joy that comes. Um, silversmiths, uh, I was looking at a story, would test silver by putting a, a bunch of silver in a pot and heat it up with fire. And so all the impurities would rise to the surface. The silversmith would scoop off the impurities and, and heat it up again and again until it was tested and made pure. And, and he would know it was complete when he would look down and see his own reflection in that silver. Beautiful picture, right, of trials 
and testing, a purification process of followers of Christ. And as hard as it is to say this phrase, suffering makes us more and more like Christ. Verse 12 says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And so trial can be translated temptation. And so verse 12 implies you will be blessed and happier when you persevere through trials and resist temptations, right? Um, In fact, previous verses talk about ask God for wisdom if you like it. And so if you are going through a difficult time right now, you know, you you look at, okay, there's joys coming. I'm going to trust that process. There's, There's peace in the midst of the trials and temptations. I need to persevere. And then, as we see in verse 13, when, when tempted, not if, when, no one should say, God's tempting me. It says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be be a kind of first fruits of all he created. There's a lot there that we're not going to be able to unravel too much. But here's two questions because we're going to land here in a moment in the the rest of those verses is, how do you, here's a question, one to five. Don't point fingers, okay? How do you respond to information that comes to you that you may not want to hear? Second question, when people talk to you, do they feel like their viewpoints and ideas have value? You know, I've got a few illustrations here today uh, just because it helps me learn, you know. Um, And uh, I do have some chatter teeth. I happen to have this. Anybody like the chatter teeth? You know, Um, but, uh, you know, when we talk, chatter too much and listen too little, we communicate to others that we think our our. Ideas are much more important than theirs. James is trying to reverse this process with his listeners here. We need to put a mental stopwatch sometimes on conversations. So I'm going to spend a little time on the listening and doing piece. Um, because verse 19, again, one of the, my top verses that I quote to myself many times, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Quick to listen, that's a tattoo somewhere. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then verse 21, therefore, again, what's it? Therefore, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly 
except the word planted in you, which can save you. That's powerful. There's a lot in those verses, and we're going to unpack that a bit. Have you ever had the wax cleaned out of your ears? Has anybody ever had that experience? I did a number of years ago, and the nurse was mad at me for even showing up. But they had to pound some stuff in there, and all the stuff comes out. And sometimes we need that. I learned after that event to never put a Q-tip in your ear like I was doing um, because it pushes the wax back in. Did you know that? So I got those little devices that you kind of wiggle around and pull out. And, and it was a great um, filthiness. Um, is a medical term that refers to wax in the ears. And so filthiness prevents us from hearing properly, especially the word planted in us, right? Um, James calls the word the implanted word. I love that. The implanted word, word planted in you, a reference to Jesus in the parable of the sower uh, in Matthew 13, one that you can go back to even this week and You'll see in your notes some further study. He compares God's word to seed and the human heart to soil. And, and just real quickly, just kind of laying through these four. A hard heart means no word and bears no fruit. This is someone who wants nothing to do. Stay away. Shallow heart, um, you, you, know, your emotion, you have emotion there, but uh, there's no depth. Not a lot of fruit in your life. And then there's the crowded heart. That seed that lacks repentance and permits sin to crowd out the word. And then, obviously, the fruitful heart, which is always a desire of us here. It's, we're still on earth to pursue, is to receive the word and allow it to engraft itself, be planted, and take root, producing the fruit and fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but anybody need a few weeds to be pulled Sometimes, um, if you're in the one or two range in some of the scaling I'm sharing today, uh, you probably, like me, have a weed or two that needs to be pulled. Um, and a lot of times, that's a great assessment. Um, so let me go back here. Help me be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's, let's look at this, some practical application just with the, this verse. Um, Here's just some things I'm going to rattle off. Be prepared. Look at those fingers coming back at you. Resist the urge to cut people off. Completely listen and engage whether you agree with them or not. I heard a phrase, athletic listening. Just like engaged listening. I use this a lot with couples in, in my own marriage of the in and out drive through order where they never repeat, they repeat back your order till you get the, they don't want to make a mistake, but they never question me on my grilled onions or my double-double keto, keto style or whatever. They, they're, oh, thank you, yeah, mm, they, and, and, and they just, they're engaged. Interesting, um, doing a little research on communication for something that I was doing with uh, where I was speaking with some couples, and you've probably heard of the 738.55 rule. That's been around a long time. This is with listening and how we receive information that comes our way. Um, most research and even some newest research, 7% is the words we use. Think about this for a second. 7%. And in both researches, it's 7%. I know the Feldman, she's a researcher and Shanti Feldman, she's done some research deeper. 7% is pretty much what she's finding, but, and the other ones aren't too far off because that means the, the, the rule that's been around is 38% is our tone. 
And 55% is our body language. And Shanti, not that it makes a big difference, she says 23% is our tone and 70% are nonverbal. Think about that right now. Even not saying anything, being quick to listen and knowing how we listen is important. If you follow this rule, the minute we open our mouth, it might not be that. We might say the right thing, but all our nonverbals speak something else. I love our tone, our approach, our content needs to be in check. Eric uh, Weinmeyer, I'm probably not saying that right. He was blind since age 13. You probably heard the story. It's an older story. He reached the summit of Mount Everest on May 25th, uh, 2001. At, and at that time, 90% of the climbers who attempted the feat fell. 165 have died trying since 1953. And I think that number has gone up significantly but he succeeded because he listened well. And I love the story because he listened for a bell that was tied to the back of a climber in front of him. He would listen for instructions of teammates who would shout directions to him. And interesting story, he listened to the sound of the pick that was jabbing the ice to know whether it was safe to cross. And he made the summit because... He listened well. My son coined a phrase uh, the last year, maybe two years, um, and I've used it a lot, and it's I, I, full face, Dad. Now, I've used it on him, too, full face, Trevor. But what it is is imagine technology and everything, full face me. Hey, yeah, son, yeah, I'll get right to you. Yeah, tell me about your date. Full face, Dad. Oh, full face. And it's really, I love the analogy of sometimes we just need to be full face, all present for those in our life, you know, of just being a better listener and, and being present for somebody. Keeping the focus on the person, resisting the temptation to flip the conversation back to you. It's easy to do. Don't, pre don't prepare in your head what you want to say next. Anybody ever do that? Nonverbal. They can see you thinking. Um, my wife actually says there's, my jaw tightens. I have no idea. She sees that. She knows it well. And anyways, that's another story. You can't be an effective listener if you're doing all the talking. Um, I, I know you've all heard this. When God was giving out body parts, he gave us two ears but only one mouth, right? Um. Sometimes I've learned to breathe out is sometimes better than breathing in when you feel yourself angst up, praying before responding. James also says we need to be slow to anger. He talks about human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And anger is a barrier, and it blocks effective communication. It just does. It's a God-given emotion, but it, in our anger it says do not sin. And so we have to get a handle on that. It, anger results in selfishness and pride. It erupts when our ego gets bruised. We cannot hear God speaking to us when we hold these attitudes in our hearts. It's not that he stops. We need to learn sometimes how to calm our automatic nervous system so we can hear better. I love the brain here, just a little brain. I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I am so fascinated with the brain, the organ in our body that is just as important as our heart. 
And it's kind of like the amygdala hijack, I call it, that I look at my hand here for a second. Um, when everything's in check, we're kind of thinking, this is our prefrontal cortex, and we're thinking logically, saying the right things. But when our little amygdala, it's our smoke alarm, gets hijacked, I call it, it goes bam, bam, and we fight, flight, or freeze. It's a little amygdala right here. And neuroscientists will tell you it takes about 20 minutes for things to kind of settle and go back down. So sometimes a cooling off is effective, right? Um, and, and so what's interesting is understanding just how our body works. God made our brains, and sometimes being able to kind of adjust and do things that will help us in those moments. But then it goes on, verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at, the, at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. God's word requires us to examine, reflect, and respond. I have up here my, uh, I've used this in a couple things. It's almost like we have to magnify things. And I love there's a light here, right? The, the, the magnifying light, depending on how you look at it, but we have to, it says, one looking into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. We hone in, we focus in on that perfect law. Sometimes it's at ourself, we'll see in a moment with the mirror, but it's God's word also requires that reflection, and he tells us, James says, that we not only look intently at the word, but also review and reflect on his word. Unless we have studied God's word, we will not be able to make right decisions that we are faced with every day. Jesus used God's words to do with his temptations. We gotta know his word. Um, when he was in the wilderness, right, he threw it back. It is written to Satan. And for us, we can only use his word if we know his word. Do not trust, as I know Tim has alluded many times, and who don't trust what we're saying here 100%. Go search it yourself. Look at it. There's a lot of um, theologians out there that have, you can, you can get a lot of different theolog theologians looking at things in a little different way and still all believe in the core. The word requires a response to not merely listen and deceive ourselves, but to do what it says. Again, that mirror analogy, right? When was the last time you looked at yourself here? Because yesterday I was somewhere and I, was, I realized when I got there, I, I missed some shaving pieces right here. And then I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to be in front of people. Can they see it? No. I went to my car. I have a razor in my car. And I started going like this, hoping I wouldn't you know, cut myself. But I, I, it was, you look quick and you leave quick. And that, what a great analogy sometimes Mirrors can be brutal. Problem's not the mirror. Mirrors don't lie. We look in the mirror and then leave and forget what we saw. The word of God serves as that mirror to show us the truth about ourselves. But it only does good if we apply it, put it into practice. Read it. Understand it, believe it, listen and do it. 
verse 22. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And in point of illustration, I, uh, I have a little something here. I have a nice little clear gas, uh, glass that looks a little dirty, actually. Um, and, and I, I got to thinking, I saw this object lesson in a, in a kid's thing. And I'm like, you know, this fits in a Sunday. Because it's kind of like this where, I don't know, how many like milk? Milk does a body good, I guess, huh? Um, and, it, and it just reminds me of, of when we receive Christ, when we choose to receive Christ into our life, and, and we make this choice, and it is a process in that, and part of receiving it is we have some s- the sweet love of Jesus, people, comes into your life. The sweet love of Jesus, that when you receive it, it's grace. You receive the new covenant of Jesus is that grace, the forgiveness for our sins. We're going to continue to sin. We are sinners until we get to heaven. He is our Lord and he's our Savior. And so I don't know about you, but I remember those times in the VW bus where I received his love with my parents. And I'm like, this is awesome. But... Hey, he's there. He wants to keep filling. And then I went to Hume Lake and had some renewals. I mean, we were like, things are good, and we're there, and, and it all sounds good, and we keep going. Oh, keep it coming, Lord. Keep it coming. Oh, I love you, Lord. You are amazing. Um, it's the sweet love, right? But we could sit there, and this is where it is. I, I received it. He, he, he's my Savior. He forgave me. It really meant something, but he, he wants to be my Lord right now. He wants to be our Lord so we can be further his kingdom, and so we've got to do something. We've got to do. We read it. We understand it. We, we've got to do something. And you're like, man, I'm doing, but nothing's happening. I don't feel good about this. And he's like, hey, I've got my Holy Spirit. You want to you wanna go a little faster? <laughs> I mean, come on. But he's here. He's for you. The resurrection power is for you. Do you want it or not? And you could see where this goes. Eventually, it's doing. And yes, as you take that taste of him, that sweet love of Christ, and it's a daily thing. This is not like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> this is day to day, moment by moment. Don't merely just listen. Do what it says. Put it in action. I love this phrase. It says, we can measure the effectiveness of our Bible study time by the effect it has on our behavior and attitude. Because we can literally just read it, and it sounds so good and not do it. Verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, remember he's speaking to Christians, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Let me read that one more time. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. If you read through James this week, you're going to get to chapter 3. It's all about taming the tongue. It's great. I highly recommend you go there too. Again, you know, uh, it was written to Christians, but if a non-Christian, here's, here's a one to five question. If a non-Christian, someone who doesn't know Christ yet, hasn't received a sweet love of forgiveness, listen to your words this last week, what came out of your mouth, 
the 7%, and maybe even all the nonverbal in the tone. Maybe a post on social media, a text to somebody, a tweet, whatever you do, a TikTok video for that matter. <laughs> Would they be drawn to Jesus based on what they saw and heard? One to five. Five being, oh yeah. One being. Mm. The last verse, verse 27 of chapter one, says religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, I always read that in Orphans and Widows, and, you know, as a church, we, we, we've done that, we've helped, and, you know, you, you look at that, but part of this is he wants, he, James is saying, he wants us to be moved by the word. And widows and orphans, you got to understand, if you take the culture of this context in James, widows and orphans in this culture were the most vulnerable in society. There were others, but he knew his audience would understand that when he mentioned widows and orphans. I wonder who James would be addressing in our culture today. Came to me this week. In our society. Who's the most vulnerable in society? Don't say anything because if I started listing things, sadly it'd probably stir some things up. But as you look at that, who would be, who would James be addressing? Verse 27, when you this is where I take, and this is for all of us today. When you see hard places, broken people, the vulnerable, the least of these, whatever that means for you, we need to move towards them and not away. That's something we can all take in right here, right now, how God moves us. How we live demonstrates what we believe. Read it, understand it, believe it, listen and do it. And, you know, understanding it is taking it, understanding it yourself, really unpacking. What does this mean? What does this look like? There's resources are everywhere on the internet. You can click anywhere. You can listen to any sermon anywhere. You can get different views, different theologians to really understand it and let the word of God just penetrate your heart and soul and speak truth. The Bible talks about that. Um, I call them God opportunities, looking for God opportunities. I think that's, you've heard that a lot here. What are some God opportunities? We must focus on what we can do, not what we can't do. Jesus himself said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We're supposed to be the light of the world, the salt seasoning of the world, the world being those who don't know Christ. To draw them to Christ. A.W. Tozer, I want to read this to you because it, it was a wow. By the way, if there's any of this, you want PowerPoint, you want transcripts, just email me. I'll send it to you if you, know, if you don't see it in the notes. But it says this, there is an evil which in its effect on, Christian, on the Christian religion may be more destructive than communism, Romanism, liberalism combined. It is the glaring disparity between theology and practice among professing Christians. 
So wide is the gulf between theory and practice in the church that an inquiring stranger who chances upon both would scarcely dream that there was any relation between the two of them. An intelligent observer of our human scene who heard the Sunday morning message and later watched the Sunday afternoon conduct of those who heard it would conclude that he or she had been examining two distinct and contrary religions. It appears to me that too many Christians want to enjoy the thrill of feeling right, but are not willing to endure the inconvenience of being right. Ouch. Read it. Understand it. Believe it. Listen and do it. Joshua 1.8 says this, Keep this book of law always on your lips. Keeping, another translation says continually. It means consistently, continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then, I was like, I was therefore, thens, like, uh, then you will be prosperous and successful. And when you take the word meditate, it brought me to ruminate. And same word meaning of the cows. The ruminating, right? They chew it up, swallow it up, right? Um, throw it back up. It's kind of sick when you think about it, but they ruminate. Allow cows, they get the maximum benefit, right, of that nutrition. It's like us thinking godly thoughts and being anchored to things. When you hear something, you're like, that doesn't fit with me. That doesn't sound right. Go to the scriptures yourself and look it up. Examine. Okay, oh, here's a contact. Oh, oh. Search and seek and continually walk that path because as we read it, as we understand it, we will begin to truly believe it, listen and do it. And by doing that, we will further the kingdom. We will bring more people to Jesus. And sometimes it doesn't happen in a building It happens when we go out of here, right? Really, they say, church is leaving this building today. Church is 24. This is just a corporate gathering. We're getting equipped. We're getting ready. Come on, team, let's go. And boom, we go, and now we're the church. And so as you evaluate some things this morning as I close, I know a lot of things resonated with me this week of just kind of having to ask myself some questions of, number one, is it what do I need to focus in on a little bit more? Magnifying, magnify more in my life. Um, taking a peek at my missed shavings and other things of woe. Um, what does that look like? Just kind of just merely just eh, eh, gone, I'm good. And just continuing, if you're a follower of Christ, you've been saved by grace. He is your Lord and he's your Savior. If, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. You are saved, but it means we still got to do a little bit of work here. And sometimes it's a slow process, and sometimes it's just, let me get this going. I need more chocolate here, man. I need to feel his sweet love, and we have access to, to that. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. It's a resurrection power that we have. And I think sometimes, and I've been knocking my head going, man, Lord, I'm going to pray for resurrection power in this situation. 
I'm going to pray for resurrection power and maybe someone who has cancer or healing. I'm just going to, we need to pray that more. We need to throw that out there because it, it's there for us. And I think Satan wants to cut that off because, again, entice us in, in other directions. Um, so today, as you reflect and respond, one to five, let me ask you a couple quick things as we wrap up. Maybe for you, a scale one to five, five being, I'm doing a pretty good job of this. One to five for reading your Bible, reading God's word that's in plan. How are you doing with that? Now, I'm in a reading plan with a couple people, and I'll sit and do my reading plan. Sometimes I go through the motions. Sometimes I'm like, wow, this is, I've gone through the motions many times in my reading. But there has been times where that one word pops out, and I'm like, all right, I got to write that out. So now I've had to put in my notes quotes or, or, or anchored words. That was from the Holy Spirit. So, so go through the motions. That's, we do that in life sometimes. We just got to get in the Word and maybe get Version Bible app is an amazing free resource we have right now. Media, if you want something, email me. I'll get you set up. It's all free, videos. and It's, a, it's like Christian Netflix, all right, for lots of studies. But one to five, where are you at? If you're at one or two at the lowest level, you might need a little boost there. Um, listening to what it says. As you think about just some of this today, was there a little conviction, a little mm, in your gut? If so, you give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to work on that this week. Forgive me. And, and maybe you need to talk to a brother or sister or someone you know that can help you in accountability or understanding it, doing your own study. Maybe you've heard some people say things or do things, whatever it might be, and you're like, you know what? I need to do a deeper dive in this myself. What does the scripture say around this? Um, and then believe in it. If you're here today and you've been kind of, you know, you haven't really received, I don't know, the, the sweet love, right, uh, of Jesus in your life, it is a free gift. It's free. You don't have to clean up. Just come as you are. And if that's you today, I beg you, if you're online, connect with our, our online host. Uh, if you're here today, use our connections page and it says, I'm, I, I need more, I need the sweet love of Jesus. We will have somebody follow up with you. If you're here today and you're like, no, I need it now, see, come up afterwards and I'd be happy to guide you myself or get, get you to the right person so you can get started um, in that path. And ultimately, as followers of Christ, as James was addressing, we've got to do what it says, but we don't, if we're going to do, we've got to know, right? And so, um, read it, understand it, believe it, and listen to it. Will you pray with me? First of all, if you're online watching us right now and something here resonated with you and you, you need something right now in this moment, just put it, put it in the comments if you're on Facebook right now and just say, hey, I, I need to talk to somebody, I need to grow, whatever it is, and our, our host there will jump on up with you. If you're watching this from YouTube and you need to connect, same thing, let us know um, how we can guide you. If you're here today in a building, um, and those watching in Lodi, do not leave without talking to Jared today or whoever's on today, if it's Dave Sherlock or Larry Underhill. But if you're in the house here at Galt Campus today, and I just 
want to say this to you. I want a response. If you, need a, if you need to respond today in some way, you are in the one or two range with a number of things that were said today. And maybe want, even in the one range, if that was you and you want to respond right now, I'm not going to ask you to get up, nothing. You're just going to raise your hand in the air saying, yep, I was at a one. And by raising your hand, you're just simply saying, Lord, I'm going to get up on that level. <laughs> I need your help today. Forgive me. Help me, Lord. Help, help them as they grow. Help them as they move up that ladder, wherever that might be, that they will do and not just listen. Father God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your sweet love. Thank you what you did for us on the cross. You didn't just stay there. <laughs> you resurrected three days later, Lord, and there's that resurrection power. You left us your Holy Spirit that we can access at any time, 24-7. And so may we cling to that today. May we be uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who further your kingdom, who draw people to you, Lord, that they will see you through our behaviors, through what we say, what we do, from our nonverbal to our tones to everything, Lord, that, that as we leave this building, that will be your salt season. Forgive us when we fall short, Lord. Thank you again for helping us and equipping us to get right back up and keep going. And so I put all this before you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.